Hello, hello, and welcome to the Women in Strength podcast. My name is Ro, and I'm your host around here. I'm freaking excited to have you join me so that we can talk all things business. Now, we're going to be breaking into topics, some really juicy conversations from things like systems, strategies, all of these foundation pieces that will really make sure you have a sustainable and thriving business. And we're going to sprinkle it and mash it up with real talk, conversations, topics, and things that we all experience as business owners. But quite frankly, I think we need to share a lot more of. So strap in. Things are going to get a bit spicy around here. I'm going to be opening up into topics that, you know, they might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but the idea is for us to build fucking amazing businesses. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Women in Strength podcast. My name is Ro, and we have reached the hundredth, the episode number 100. <laughs> oh my gosh, I am like, if you can't tell, I'm excited, but I'm nervous. I'm literally all the things, um, because the nature of this podcast today, it, it makes me all those things. Um, I popped a, a caption box on my Instagram for my audience to ask me questions to um, go ahead and answer on this podcast today. And I have not prepared. I have only seen them a couple of minutes before I've hit record. Um, and I've done that intentionally because I wanted to, uh, yeah, give you guys like the real raw downloads as I'm recording. So I was writing my episodes down uh, sorry, the, the questions down beside me on my journal and it's like, oh God, some of these, I'm like, how would I answer that? So you're going to hear all of that. How would I answer these things today? But before we get into it, um, I'm going to kind of just, I don't know, like just do a bit of a loop back around this podcast. Cause, um, I think it might be interesting for you guys to hear like when this started, what it was about, all that kind of stuff. Um, and also just a bit of a disclaimer. I just got over COVID <coughs> for the second time <clears throat> and you might hear me coughing a little bit. Um, my whole house got <laughs> struck down. My two babies got COVID. It was literally horrific. We were in hospital one night with my youngest. Um, but I still like, I haven't recorded a podcast in a couple of weeks for obvious reasons, but today I was like, you know what? Like I feel okay. I'm probably going to cough, but we show up in fucking whatever self we can bring, whether it's a coffee post COVID self, whether it's a high vibes row, um, whether it's a tired row, like, you know, this is just such an important theme of this podcast is that to get to a hundred episodes, I didn't, I was thinking about it today when I was um, having a shower, like I'm, I'm really fucking stoked with myself because a hundred episodes is a lot of fucking episodes and to get up and record when I just didn't want to, or when I didn't think I was prepared or whatever, like it's just a commitment to me continuing to educate, facilitate, mentor and like get up and sh share share my opinions regardless of like how polished I feel um because hot mess magic is how we operate around here um and yeah I'm just really fucking proud of myself for getting to 100 episodes because it's a lot of fucking episodes so with that being said like I actually started this podcast years and years ago um I remember recording I don't know, maybe like the first two episodes when Lexi, my first daughter, was like a couple of weeks or months, I don't know, old. She was strapped to my body in one of those carriers and she's almost six. So you can tell how long ago this was. Um, and it certainly won't take you six years to get to 100 episodes, but there was a portion in between where I like stopped recording because I just wasn't feeling it. 
Um, and then as I've evolved, like this podcast has been on this fucking hashtag journey with me. Like, you know, some of the early episodes, it just really showcases my evolution as a business owner. Um, and I actually really like continuing to have those early episodes because I think sometimes when you learn from people and they're doing things that you might want to do, it can be like, well, you know, were I even in my footsteps? And it's like, I'm literally was in the same position as so many of you guys that listen to this podcast, like commercial gym, all of that kind of jazz doing the same shit that you guys are doing. And it's like, it's just, I think it's really cool to like, hear stories of people doing their shit and like coming across, like coming along the way with all the challenges that come up. So I'm going to leave those real awkward episodes and I will not listen to them, but they are there. So yeah, like this podcast has evolved as my career has evolved. Um, and for the last however many years, like I've just been doing so much mentoring because I love the space and it, it really gives me a passion to, to give you guys literally free fucking advice that is top-notch shit to allow you guys to have the the desires for your business also so yeah that's just a little bit of a a background but let's get into it I think (coughs) cough number one two let's see how many more I go through today oh my gosh okay so first question if you could go back in time what advice would you give 18 year old Rose Oh my God. So for those of you that don't know, there's probably a lot of you actually, um, Rose is actually the name that my family, um, call me. So Rasheen, my full name is, um, the meaning behind it is Rose in Irish. So the person that posed this question knows that my family from New Zealand call me Rose. Um, and it just feels really weird to be hearing that because everyone calls me Roe here in Australia. But yeah, I get called Rose. I know that it might not. I don't know. Like when I think about that name, it's such a, a weird, I don't know, a weird name for me. But that's that's what I get called. So what advice would you give 18-year-old Rose? Oh, my gosh. Now, let's just start set the scene a little bit here. 18-year-old Rose, where are we? How old was Like where was I? So my birthday's in November. So I was like last year of high school. And I went from high school straight into university. Mm, mm, This is the advice that I would give. (coughs) Don't go to university straight out of high school. That's the advice that I would give 18-year-old Rose. Um, Now, in saying that, like, why I would say that is I just think when you're, like, 18 to early 20s, go ahead and live your best fucking life. Go ahead and be a messy bitch. Go ahead and do whatever you want to do and just explore your life. Um, I wouldn't take it back that I went to university straight away, but like it's just such a young age to be deciding something really big for your life when you haven't even explored the world. So I would just be like, yeah, take some time, girlfriend, and go and just do whatever you want to do. But in saying that, like, 18-year-old Rose, she definitely lived her best life. And I would, and this would actually expand into my early 20s. Like, I didn't get into the fitness industry until I was 25, and I didn't move to Australia until I was, like, 23, 24. Um, and prior to getting into the fitness industry, my background for university is I come from a science background, 
five to six years post-grad studies, et cetera. Um, and then I went into finance because um, I was actually working in call centers when I was at university um, in finance and insurance. And I just continued to move back into that after. And we had so much fun. Like anyone that's worked in a call center, you do some pretty weird hours, you know, 12 to eight shifts. And after eight o'clock, we would go to the pub um, and we just have like fucking big nights on Tuesday, sleep in, go and do it, have bacon and eggs the next morning and then go and do it all again. And like, I look back on that time with so much fondness because to be honest, like I really think that your early twenties and your, you know, the early teens go and do that shit. And I'm not saying that you have to get absolutely fucking reckless like we did, but you know, do whatever that looks like. It might be travel. It might be exploration. It might be whatever, But I just, I think there is so much of a rush now, especially with young business owners that I see, to have it all figured out and to have all the responsibilities that someone of my age is stepping into. Like you don't have to have figured it out in your early 20s. You don't have to have bought a house. You don't have to have like your long-term partner. Like you don't have to have your vocation that's going to be what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And that's not to say that if that is you, like fucking bravo. And if that feels like that's it for you, then all power to you. But I think there is just such a pressure to like grow up earlier these days. And it's like the time of my life between 18 to like 25, I love that shit. I lived it great. And I'm like, when I think about when I talk to my best friends and, you know, who we all experience that time with, um, it was fun as fuck. It was so much fun. And yeah, that's, that's the advice I'd give to like 18 year old Rose and like early 20 Rose is like, just live your life. And I really did that. But I think for me, I like for my children, I will encourage them to take time off after school to go and just get a job or travel if that's their thing or whatever, just bum around a bit. Um, because that's what those years are for, to be honest, like you don't have to have it all figured out. Um, and then the applaud that I would give to 18 year old Rose would be like, yes, bitch, you were out there just doing whatever. Like 18 year old Rose was, I used to smoke, um, not a good thing, but like I would smoke, drink, we were smoking, drinking, partying, all that kind of stuff. And it was just fun. So like, yeah, I'm so glad that I had that portion of my life because I just look back and I'm like, that was so much fun. So that's the advice I would give to 18 year old Rose. The next question, do you have any regrets, anything or anything you would change? Mm. Do I have any regrets? Um, The first thing that comes to my brain is I don't think I have any regrets because mm, everything that's like, been lived is just a part of, you know, the fucking journey of business, but there would, there's definitely things that I would change. Um, so many things that I'm like, where do I start with what I would change? Hmm. Anything you would change? I think one of the things that I would change that's kind of popping into my head right now and I'm like trying to work through the cogs as I'm recording it with you guys and that's the whole point of doing this is I would probably change 
opening and sharing more things about business with people. And it even surprises me to say that, but that's that's the first thing that comes through. So business can be like really, really, really fucking lonely and really hard and really challenging. And you guys, you know, you guys that are listening to this experience this. And like early on, I definitely shared things with like other coaches, other business owners. But like one thing that I would change would like lean into that harder and really, really not necessarily take the time. But like when I look back in hindsight, I just think if there was like more people, more business owners that I could share and talk with, I think that business might've felt not as shit sometimes. And I started having paid mentorship very early on. So I've been in the industry since 2013 in 2015, yeah, like two, three years in, I um, employed my, my first, I hired my first mentor. And ever since then, like I've always had people. But I think that first kind of portion, it's not to say that I would have hired someone earlier, like whatever, it's not about that. But like sharing more and like, I don't know, like building an informal like networking group or like going for coffee with other business owners more or like sharing the shit that I'm struggling with or my vulnerabilities around what's happening in business, I would have, like, I would have changed that. <coughs> and even those early first years of me when I was hiring mentors, like there was still such a guard because, you know, to share with people like what your struggles are with business, like that's hard and that's vulnerable. So what I would change is I would work to share these vulnerabilities more and these challenges more because in doing that and and doing that now, like it allows me to not feel so alienated. It allows me to, you know, gain perspective, get out of my head. And that like the prison, the prison of ourselves is the prison that we impose on our head, right? With our thoughts and our feelings. And the more that we can open into them and get them out and get perspective and bounce off, like, that has just been one of the biggest things when it comes to my growth and business and my career is being able to share and like just have those fucking honest chats. And I'm not talking about venting, like venting's one piece, but like you got to be careful of venting because if you just fucking vent, that's what relationships are built on. And that's a shit energy to be only having a relationship from, but it's constructive fucking feedback. It's feedback that might not be constructive, but you need to hear it. It's bouncing off with the person in front of you. It's giving them advice. It's you know, all of those things. And I think that's what I would change is pulling that tighter and seeking those people earlier and not necessarily just earlier in those earlier years, but like truly nurturing them within that first half of my career. I do that now, whether it's the coaches that I mentor with or whether that's the people that have hired me and then our relationships after that, because the way I see it is I've been in your business you might have paid me money to help facilitate growth for you, but I've been in your business and I treat that really fucking, I treat that with respect because you have allowed me to come in and see shit. And I have such a close relationship with so many of my mentees, like, because that's, that's what it is. And I just think that's what I would change is pulling people tighter 
earlier and continuing to do that for not necessarily just my gain, but like for both, because it is a two-way street. And when you can show up to a relationship one with vulnerabilities, with no guard up, like everyone fucking wins. So that's the biggest thing. Um, yeah, that's the biggest thing that I would change. Is there anything else that I would change? <coughs> Let me have a think. Um... Another thing that I would change that's kind of coming up is I would do whatever I could to step into stretching myself more earlier. So what I mean by that is I used to like say, you know, stepping into discomfort is where you're going to grow and 100% like that's what happens, but stepping into discomfort in my opinion, feels different and is different to fucking stretching yourself to your goddamn edges. And like, I've always been someone that does take action, but like, I actually had a comment about this the other day and someone was like, oh, I love how you just are perpetually in motion and taking action. I'm like, yeah, but like, mm, like I actually get stuck in the mud a lot, but you guys just don't see it. And this most recent patch that I've been in, like I would, I would say it's probably been about six months and I'm definitely through it now, but the last six months I've been stuck in the mud, like not knowing what I want to do next, what programs I want to offer, where I want to go with the next couple of years. And like, there was so much stuff attached to that. Like I've been doing a lot of stuff for myself personally around understanding like my shadows and understanding the the areas of myself that I haven't yet integrated. And one of the big pieces that I've integrated recently is this fear that people don't think I care or this fear of like not being available to people. And like that part that I was yet to integrate um, when I've moved through it, like it's allowed me to really, really accept those, you know, darker sides of myself that, you know what, there are lots of things that I don't fucking care about. And there are lots of areas where if you are not available to continue to grow and push forward, I'm not fucking available for you. And that's been a really big thing because how it stopped me is sharing some more in-depth opinions, moving into some feedback that I've been darting around with staff, um, you know, really stepping into my truest and authentic voice that can be hard and it can be um, nurturing and it can be all of those things, but it can be definitely more direct. And when I've been able to integrate that part of myself, like it's just felt so fucking different. And it's like, I don't feel that if someone's going to perceive me as not caring or being a bitch or whatever it might be, like I can accept that part of myself because that is a part of me. I am that person. I can coach, mentor, lead like that. And there's actual fucking magic in that also. Um, and that's also a power that allows me to continue to grow and go where I'm going with my business. So the last six months has been a really big piece around that. And, um, like I stretched, I've truly fucking stretched myself. Like I've been in a course that's challenged me more than anything that I've ever done recently. Um, and sitting in spaces where people have been like, Ro, you trigger the fuck out of me. Ro, like the way that you show up makes me feel this way or what you said made me feel like this. And it's like all this stuff that is like hard in my throat, but 
and all the the judgments that I feel bringing them to the surface and sharing them in open forums. But that is the real fucking work, not in the safety of our journal pages of, oh, you know, where am I judging someone? It's fucking getting up in real life world and sharing this stuff and feeling those things. And like, I just would have changed doing those things earlier. But I also do recognize that getting to that space of stretching yourself to that capacity where it feels like your ass is in your fucking throat, that's a journey. But I think that with my personal growth in terms of personal development, mindset, embodiment work, all that kind of stuff, I think for so many years, like I darted around discomfort and challenging myself. And that is very fucking different to stretching yourself to the edges you know like it feels so fucking different with when you really really go there and you really stretch yourself like putting yourself into situations where it's not from the discomfort like from the comfort of your journal and I just that's one thing that I would change is like telling myself like you can do really really fucking hard things um and it's going to be okay, but like this is where the real change is going to happen, and this is where your business will grow, and this is where you'll grow. So that's one thing that I would change is putting myself into harder situations earlier. But <clears throat> I, I, what I was going to say is, I also don't know if I could have handled that, but of course I can handle that. Um, I just would have, I would have viewed challenge and growth quite differently. But personal growth and personal development is obviously personal, but. Like I just, I think I darted around this notion of like challenge and discomfort really early. Whereas the fact of the matter is, is that that was not it. Um, yeah, that that's another thing that I would have changed. All right, next one. What are you most afraid of? Hmm. Um, <laughs> well, the first thing that comes to my head is two things. I'm afraid of praying mantises and I'm afraid of dolphins. Um, yeah. I, I just, I can't, I literally can't. Um, the people that are closest to me know that I can't actually swim in a pool by myself because I'm afraid of dolphins. And I know that's illogical because there's no dolphins in that pool. Um, <laughs> but I can swim in the sea by myself. I don't know. It's just a fucking thing. And I don't, like, I've never swum with dolphins. I, I understand the logical, but when you've got fears and when you're afraid of things, you've got your logical brain and then you've got your heart and my body feels the fear around dolphins. <laughs> um, I just, I think it's kind of weird that like a creature is that smart. Yeah. That's one thing that I'm definitely afraid of. And praying mantises, like what the fuck? They look so prehistoric. Oh, and then I remember when I lived in New Zealand I think I was still at school or maybe like university and I came home and like we lived at this house and there was these big fuck off praying mantises that would always come and like because they could sense my fear, they would like come to me all the time. And the look of them, they look literally like they are from the prehistoric era of when dinosaurs existed and I just I can't, I don't know, those two things, yeah. I think you can sense and, and feel my literal terror um, in these things. But also, please do not find a praying mantis and put it in my car or do not ever get me a Groupon voucher to swim with dolphins. I will fucking hate you, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, those are two things that I'm afraid of. Um, bringing it back to a business con concept, um, what am I most afraid of? 
well, I was going to talk about the thing that I've integrated recently because one of the biggest things that I was afraid of was people thinking thinking that I don't care Um, and people thinking that, like, I'm just a cutthroat bitch, but I'm not afraid of that now because I've literally just come off the back end of working through that shadow stuff. Um, So I'm not afraid of that. What am I afraid of? Like, that's I've got nothing else. Those were the biggest things. Dolphins, praying mantises, and people thinking I'm just a fucking bitch. But we're cool. I mean, dolphins and praying mantises, no. Not cool. Work to do there. But also, I'm just going to leave them to sit alone. Um, but, yeah, that was, like, one of the biggest things is, like, like I said, like, people thinking those things. And I just care so much about so many things things especially of the people that are in my life whether it's my staff whether it's our clients our community our industry powerlifting as a whole like I care so much about these things but I am definitely someone also that is really direct and really like I'm straight to the point and the perception of what I had around my delivery methods or the way that I show up like I just had this fear for so long that I was afraid of people seeing that and like judging me but because I've integrated that stuff and I can speak freely to it now, um, like I'm not afraid of it because I accept that that's who I am. Um, and that was a really big piece that I worked through. So I don't have anything else that's coming to mind for that question right now. So I'm going to leave that one. All right. If you could have coffee with three people and pick their brain, who would it be and why? Hmm. <coughs> who would it be and why? Hmm. Well, the first thing that comes to my head is I'm sitting, like I'm recording this podcast um, and right behind me, I've just changed my desk around as I've got my bookcase and (coughs) well, my bookcase is, I don't even know, hundreds and hundreds of books. And like, how I'm going to answer this is first and foremost, like you can be picking fucking brains of people every day by spending 30 to $50 on a book. And getting so much fucking wisdom from someone putting their shit onto written pages. That's the first thing, just from like a take this and roll with it. Um, but three people that are people pick their brain, who would be and why? The first thing that comes to my head is I would actually like love to pick my brain of my granddad that died um, now because of like how I've grown and things that I would want to ask him. So my granddad died when I was at university. So I'm 30, almost 36. And I was at uni till like, I don't know, 22, maybe 18, 19, 20, 20. Yeah. 22, 23. Um, and he died like in my early twenties and he was a war veteran. Um, and he's English. So he flew planes. Um, he was in the air force and like, from what I remember and the things that he did tell me, like there was some weird and crazy shit that he lived through. And I just, like, I think if I had the opportunity, I would like to speak to him and come like for him to come back and me just ask more about like experiences and like what they lived and yeah, just hear more about like that kind of stuff. Because when I'm like early twenties, I'm at university just worrying about like good grades and like getting on the piss ride. And like, I didn't see or acknowledge or like respect the jewel that was there for me to just like learn from. Um, so that's one person that I would want to pick their brain 
is old Kenny boy. Um, yeah, that would be cool. That'd be really, really fucking cool. Um, and just on a side note, like my, my grand is called Kenneth James Higginson and our newest and earliest little baby is called Amity James Hawley after him. Um, so like, yeah, that'd be fucking cool to actually like hear about some of his stories. Like he went everywhere. Like he went to Africa and I remember him talking about like monkeys and shit, throwing stuff at him. And I just, yeah, like, I'd like to know more about that time. Um, with the brain that I have now and the like interests that I have for people's lives now. Um, I think that I just didn't, yeah, like have enough conversations with him about knowing about his life basically. What are the biggest, uh, if you could have coffee with three people, pick their brain. Hmm. Who would be someone else that I'd want to pick their brain? Um, the other name <coughs> that's coming to me is Megan Markle. Like I, it's probably, there's a few things here. I'm, I watch suits at nighttime and I watch it on repeat. Um, I just think it would be, like, so interesting to, like, sit with her and just hear experiences of, like, going from her life as an actress to a royal and, like, all the fucked up things that, what from the outside, it looks like she's lived. Because I don't have those experiences. I don't have, like, I don't, yeah, like, I'm obviously not her, but, like, I don't, I don't have that experience of life as her as a person. Um, and I think, like, I think I would want to, I think this is the thing that's coming through is I'd want to share my time with people that are different and have experienced life different to me for acknowledgement, for respect, for learning, for celebration of all those fucking things that, they've been through in their life because I've had a hugely privileged life. Like I cannot relate to minority groups. I cannot and have not lived the experiences that a lot of people in those minority groups have lived. And I think like I can read and learn and, you know, check my privilege and look at my entitlement and all those kind of things, which is active work that I honestly think everyone should be doing, but to, to like continue conversation with people that live that like yeah that would be really interesting I'd want to know like I mean I remember watching that Oprah thing on Netflix where her and Harry were like talking about their experiences and stuff and like she's talking about her mental health and 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 that like real raw shit but apart like not just that but I would want to know like yeah, like, what does it feel like to, like, just be from an experience of, like, a Hollywood actress into this shit and into the life that she's in now into, like, some fucked up, like, the fucked up monarchy and all of that kind of stuff. But, yeah, that's that's one thing. Um, that's another person. And then one other person, what else is coming to my mind? Mm. <sighs> This is, I think this is a bit of a, the next one I'm going to say, like all of these people is probably a very big opening into my, just my brain. The other person that I would want to speak to would be the Pope. <laughs> um, I'm also watching this thing on Netflix called Revelation, which is about um, pedophilia in, 
yeah, the church. And like, it's just fucked. It's so messed up, but like so interesting to watch. And like, to see the, well, to hear about the cover-ups that have been posed in this program, like, and the evidence that has been displayed and how these things have been covered up. Like, I would want to talk and have coffee with someone that is at the head of these kind of issues of, like, not necessarily hearing, like, what the truth is, but, like, just hearing their thoughts about it and their description of it. And it's like, you know, when you when I've watched this program and finished the episode, it's like the people that are high up that push these priests around – like the way that they're talking is, you know, denial in certain cases and then some truths that are highlighted based on evidence this is showing. And regardless if it's truth or lies, like I think that's interesting to be able to listen to that kind of stuff because to watch people talk and engage with facts as they come through and then how they see it um, – it's just like, holy fuck, like, how could your brain go there? But also, I'm not in your brain, so, like, your views are that? Like, for example, when some of these priests that have had 30, 40 cases of being convicted on child pedophilia, like, this this podcast has taken a fucking grave turn, all right? When they've been convicted and hearing when they were, um, there was a couple of instances of two priests that they are um, interviewing, to hear the priest talk about their logic and their brain of what they were doing is like, whoa. Um, like, I can't relate to that, and it brings sickness to my stomach that that's the explanation and that's the thing for them to justify their behavior. But also, like, thank you for sharing that, for one, not fucking it for me, disgusting stuff. However... Thank you for sharing that that is how you felt and that's how you justified it. Also recognizing that you're a convicted fucking criminal. But like that kind of stuff is really eye-opening to hear worldviews from other people when it's extremely fucking different and confronting and conflicting to what you believe and what society is a large beliefs. But to be able to speak to someone like the Pope who ultimately – has a due diligence and is involved with pushing these priests around in different countries and all that kind of stuff. Like I would want to fucking know and have a chat about how someone like that would answer questions of that nature. Um, and that's who I'd want to pick their brain of. And for this question that was posed to me, I don't know if this is surprising to you or I didn't even think that I was, I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like this is the whole point of me, you know, recording this podcast is just being like, this is what we're going to do. And this is where my brain goes. And this is literally where my brain goes because I could tell you three business people, the books behind me as I'm recording this. And <coughs> there definitely would be people that I want to sit down with, but like, I want to, I want to spend time and pick brains of people that are really fucking different to me or like lived experiences that are just, yeah, really different because that's where we learn. That's where we can hold compassion. That's where we can engage. Um, and I can buy books and I can listen to podcasts and I do that for business related things. But 
if you want to grow and you want to learn and you want to be challenged on your beliefs and your values and how you plug into people, fuck, isn't some of the most interesting people that are different to you one of the biggest experiences that you could ask for? And that's why I would choose those three people. So yeah, that portion of the podcast took a very um, interesting turn. Um, But let's move on to the next one. All right. What are the biggest business mistakes you made early on? In brackets, money, time, energy. Hmm. Oh, biggest mistakes. Okay. Oh, there's two big ones that are coming up. My first biggest mistake is I hired too many people too early. Um, <clears throat> so take it back to 2016, 2017. 2017, uh, February is when I opened my first gym. And 2016 is when I had like my first staff, basically. I opened, and I've t- I think I've actually talked about this before. I opened the gym with too many staff, meaning there was too many fucking expenses, Um, because I wanted to have more options in terms of covering shifts and, you know, different people to, to coach and serve in the community, but it fucking buried me. Um, because running a business now, staff wages are the biggest overhead that I have and that anyone that hires staff will ever have really. That is just, and like to have that so early on and to have that pressure, I, that was a fucking mistake. I would have, looking back, I would have streamlined it more, asked more from my staff. Um, not necessarily ask more. I take that back because I definitely asked a lot and they provided and gave me so much of themselves, but I just would have been a bootstrapped it a little bit more as opposed to having more people in the business. Um, you know, I had a couple of part-time staff alongside a full-time staff and I just would have at least cut one of those bodies because if you've got a part-time staff and a full-time staff, regardless if someone's giving you full-time hours or part-time hours, they still take the same amount of, like, they still take a lot of management. Um, and if you've got lots of part-time staff, like, that can be really, really difficult. So <clears throat> that's a big, the first biggest mistake. Um, and the second biggest mistake early on was dealt not – Oh, I don't know how early on this was. No, actually, yeah, this was pretty early on, was starting to delegate too many things um, because, like, I didn't want to do them, basically. And actually, it wasn't early on. It was kind of in the middle, but I started to delegate a lot of stuff out of my business, whether it was, like, um, you know, reports, finances, admin, all that kind of stuff. And I think it was, like, a point it was a good point to delegate, but like I delegated with the notion of like my hands are completely off and I don't have to do that anymore. And that actually meant that I became out of touch with a few areas of my business. And then when I ended up taking them back and changing them, like my business has flourished so much more when I still have more fingers in pies of everything. Because at the end of the day, I'm the business owner. I'm a really good business owner and I've got a really great brain for making decisions. But when I can't have the full view of things because I've delegated things too much and taken responsibility off myself, it puts me in a really compromised position. So that's a really big mistake that I made like middle on is that I delegated too much and it's not the amount of things that I delegated, but it was like the energy around that of, um, like, this is not your thing anymore. Someone's hired to do that. But that's not the case. I 
delegate things out, but it's still my responsibility. So that was a really big mistake. Um, and this, like, I think about business now is that I've, in my, my brain around my career, I think about the first portion as like the first stage, middle stage. And I feel like I'm in my third stage moving into my fourth stage now. Um, and that middle patch, I delegated way too fucking much and lost touch of a lot of really key pivotal things in my business that could have been done better if I was, had more eyes on it and I would still have delegated them out for people to like do data entry and collect all that kind of stuff. But for them to make decisions or provide me with decisions, I wouldn't have done that. Um, and then the last thing that's coming to my brain about what's the biggest business mistakes you made early on is honestly, um, <coughs> spend too much of my own personal energy on growing staff that were not prepared to put skin in the game. And I don't care if that sounds, it's not that I don't care. It's I don't mind how that sounds or how that's received to anyone listening because like, again, integrated those parts of my shadow recently that I invested and I continue to invest so much fucking energy into the growth of other people, particularly my staff. And I'm a hundred percent at a point in my life now where it's like, if you are not wanting to stretch yourself as someone that's in my community or someone that's hired by me, I am not prepared to pull you along. I will always leave the door open and welcome people into my life and welcome people into opportunities. But the same token, people need to live their own experiences and feel their own pain. And for so long, I didn't want to be someone that would um, inflict more pain on someone because of growth or um, all that kind of stuff. But people need to feel pain. People need to go to the depths of their shit in order to come out on the other side. And for so long, like I would try and mitigate some of that kind of stuff because I wanted them to feel happy and like, you know, aligned and fulfilled and all that kind of shit. So I would like dull my feedback, you know, make life easier, um, make opportunities more streamlined for people when the fact of the matter is, is that they need to fucking figure it out. They need to get stuck in the mud. They need to feel the depths of their pain And that's not a me thing because actually when I take these things from someone, I'm actually robbing them of a fucking opportunity for growth. And I've said that previously, like I've always held that notion of I'm robbing someone from an opportunity if they can't feel their own shit, but you can feel it. And that's completely fucking different to integrating and owning and fully fucking leaning and living it. And that's where I'm at is that if I say something or I do something as a business owner and a leader that inflicts pain on someone, my intentionality behind it is not to do that. My delivery is not to be a fucking asshat, but it is going to be polite and direct. And if that person feels pain from that, that is their experience and their interpretation of what is going on. And I I think you can hear in my as I'm recording this that I feel so right and feel so grounded and being able to do that. And that was a big mistake is like letting people shit toy along for fucking years because I was afraid of what people would think of me and afraid of people thinking that I'm too mean, too hard, too whatever. I am all those things. But if you want to come into the world and if you want to jump on the bus and the door is open shit there is some magic that can happen around here so that's 
that's a, a biggest business mistake is investing too much of my time and energy and darting around too much for the fear of how people would feel when the reality is, is that people are going to live their own experience anyway. And the meanings that they attach to my words, that's also their responsibility. And that's driven by their experiences. All I can do and all I will do is stand in my shit, integrating who I am. And that includes direct hearts, all those kind of things and having truth and faith within myself that that is the right decision to deliver. Um, and yeah, like that's, that's been a big, a big journey as a leader and as a boss. <clears throat> okay. Three more staff contracts is all it says. This is a big fucking piece, but that's all it says. So how I'm going to answer this is staff contracts. One, know the industry rates, Google fucking industry awards in terms of pay rate, in terms of what you deliver, uh, what you offer, sorry, know your fucking obligations. Two, hire a lawyer to do contracts for you. Uh, And don't fucking just go onto Google and be like staff contract template, fill in some details and go from there. I see so many coaches and business owners that hire because they're like, oh, I'm fully booked. I'm going to hire a coach. Produce some really fucking shit contracts and some really shit working conditions and do a disservice to other coaches in the industry. And what then can happen and what I do see is that these business owners that then hire that are not from a space of the due diligence and multiple things that they should be doing, they then say, well, this coach isn't doing this. They're not delivering they're not showing up. They're not being a good coach. And it's like, hang on, you're not fucking offering an environment for success. You're not offering a contract that supports them and you're not giving them what they need to do, what they need to be the best fucking coach that they can be. So I actually see coaches and business owners hiring as another fucking reason of why so many other coaches turn over in this industry. Um, and I think, well, like it makes me heated actually thinking about it because I do see business owners go, yeah, I'm hiring this coach. And then when it doesn't work out, they're like, fuck them, fuck that. They were a shit coach. They didn't do what they need to do. They didn't show up. They didn't, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, nah, man, like they're going to be fed off you. They're going to be influenced from you. They're driving from you. So hang on. There is a responsibility that you own your shit and you get better as a leader, as a boss, as a mentor is all of those things before you fucking hire. There are too many business owners that are hiring when they shouldn't be hiring. So one, industry rates, industry rewards, blah, blah, blah. Two, hire a lawyer to create a contract that supports not only you, but also supports other staff members in terms of benefits. Three, know how you can hire, whether it's a contractor, subcontractor, employee, whatever, like know the different ways of what can hire, what are the pros and cons so that you can have that conversation with someone that you're going to hire. And then four, no, there's two more. Four, have a hiring and induction process that allows you to sift through people and then allows you to induct someone into your world, into your business that gives them the tools that they need to learn and be the best fucking coach that they can be. And if you've got a lackluster induction process, you are doing a disservice to these coaches. 
And number five is turn the fucking mirror around and look at your leadership and look at how you are showing up as a boss. Because again, there are so many coaches in this industry that are hiring people that are ill-equipped to deal with their own shit, yet alone someone else. And if you cannot lead and if you cannot inspire, educate, communicate, offer constructive feedback and offer feedback that might not be constructive but needs to be had anyway in a way that supports and nurtures the other person in front of you regardless if it's good or bad like this is you this is your shit and oh it makes me so just I'm just really passionate about this area because I've worked with like honestly a couple of instances come up recently over the last kind of six to 12 months of business owners that have come to me when they've hired and I'm like honestly like I'm gonna say this with love but you shouldn't have fucking hired because the the struggles that you have with this coach that you've hired right now this coach is trying to do the best that they fucking can, but they're trying to do it on an unstable foundation, which is you. And you are the unstable foundation right now because you cannot deal with conflict. You cannot deal with feedback. You cannot deal with people doing a job that might not be the way that you want to do it. And it might, some things might go wrong, but you fucking lose your shit on it. And yeah, that is just not helping anyone. It's not helping you and it's not helping other coaches in the industry. So that's what I've got for staff contracts. Those five points. Two more questions. No, one more question. <coughs> what are your biggest challenges as a working mum? Hmm. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> what are my biggest challenges as a working mum? Um, time. <laughs> time is one of the biggest challenges as a working mum. Not necessarily in that I don't have enough time. Because I do. But my biggest challenge is that I want more time because I love running business and I love exploring and doing things. So what I mean by that is like today, it's almost 10 a.m. as I'm recording this. And I started school drop-off happened at 8.30. I jumped in. Um, I've got – she's not a newborn anymore. She's almost – well, she's four months now. Um but like I effectively get a couple of hours and like I get into the groove and I just fucking love business that I want to do more and I want to sit here and go on tangents and all that kind of stuff and I could do that before children and that's not to say that I can't do that now but the time that I have is definitely more select um, and I'm actually so much better with my time because I'm like all right you've got two fucking hours to do this and there is no procrastination. It's go. It's get clear. It's it's fucking deliver, right? And I don't know if people can learn that until they experience having children themselves. I'm so much better with my time. And I honestly think like, what the fuck did I used to do with my time? But when I'm actually recording and downloading with you now, I used to go on lots of tangents. That's what I used to do with my time. And I loved it. And that's one of the biggest struggles and, and challenges as a working mom is that I just want more of that. Um, and sometimes it makes me really sad. I'm like, like, I just want to have a week of doing, you know, spending however many hours doing my normal things that I need to do, but like going off on these tangents. So, um, that's stuff that I'm working on to be able to continue to open those pockets because I love business and business for me is not just about doing the things and actioning the steps. That's one portion of business, but like 
one of the biggest parts of business that I love is the creativity and the space to flow and explore and create and pull strings and blah, 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 blah. So that's one of the biggest challenges is that sometimes I just get like, I miss it. I miss those big bouts of time to go and do all these kind of things. So yeah. Um, and is there any other things that are coming through? What are the biggest challenges as a working mom? <clears throat> Another big challenge. Yeah, it's just that. And it's like, like if I have nights, like tonight I'm going to the gym. So I go into the gym one night now on a Thursday night. And like, I'm so fucking excited because I go in once a week now. Um, But at the same token, like it's only once a week, but during that time, like I'm thinking about my child, like when I say child, I've got two, but I'm thinking about Lexi going to bed, having her bath, doing bedtime story time and like wanting snuggles with me. Um, because I love that time. I love, yeah. Like I love being able to just sit there for 10 minutes with her and chat. And like, I can do that every other time in the week more six days a week now, more so than I've ever been able to do, but like, it's just that one time and I still miss that. Um, and then the other challenge, this is more so now that I have two children is that like attention, giving attention to different things. Like when I'm giving attention to Lexi, I'm like, what's Amity doing? And then when I'm giving attention to Amity, it's like, Oh, how is Lexi feeling? And then when I'm giving attention to my children, I'm like, oh, what is Roni? Like, yeah, that's a really big challenge is like the energy and tension to different things. And it's not necessarily like, I think this word of like mum guilt, like does get thrown out a lot. And like mum guilt is a real fucking thing. But for me, it becomes sadness. Like I just get sad that I'm like, I want to do this for me or I want to do this for her or I just want to, you know, just sit and have fun and explore on certain things that sometimes I can't do. And that's a portion of my life right now. But then when I remember what I am doing and the experiences that I do have with my girls and that I get to have a business that has all of these things, then I get happiness. So it's just like one of the biggest challenges is like energy expenditure. And then like the feelings associated with everything, everything feels bigger like the sadness that I have when I can't be with Lexi on a Thursday night feels bigger. The sadness that I have that I want to explore and just go free reign on business exploration time feels bigger and heavier. But then the happiness that I have when I get to be at home with my daughters is just fucking like heart expanding shit. Um, and like for those of you that are mom or parents or looking after children or whatever, like when you feel that love for kids, it's just a love and an expansion that, like, honestly, I don't think you can experience until you actually experience it. Like, I thought that having a second child, like, as I was pregnant and I had so much worry that I would, like, like take love away from Lexi. But the love just fucking expands. And, and actually, because of the way that she interacts with Emily right now, like, it makes me love her more. So <clears throat> one of the biggest challenges as a working mom is – navigating the fucking feels man of the sadness of the grief of grief of like life sometimes like I, I I do grieve those periods of time where I could explore and then it's also like 
just so much love and gratitude. And it's like, oh my God, these feelings are so much that I'm in a glass case of emotion. So <coughs> that's, yeah, that's one of the biggest challenges as a mom. Um, and as I was recording that part, like I got little tears in my eyes um, because the feelings are just so much, but I just, yeah, I love, I love my life and I love my children and I love my business and more so I love that I get to mingle everything together and it's just, oh, it makes me so emotional thinking about it because it's just, it's gratitude. It's gratitude for the life that I've created. So yeah, is that a challenge? Maybe because it is a challenge for me to feel the full depths of my emotions. Um, and it's for so many people that is challenging to feel true sadness and true, true happiness. Like you can't feel true fucking earth breaking, shattering, expanding happiness without feeling, ugh, like the dirt is on my ass. I'm getting pulled along the floor by a car. Sadness. Um, and to feel all those emotions to the fullest extent, that's a challenge for me and for a lot of people. But for me, because this is about me, like, yeah, like feeling that to the fullest extent because it's vulnerability. It's raw it's all of those things um and I do find that a challenge so yeah oh well that's the questions that I'm going to um well actually there is more one more (laughs) but I was like fuck me I've been recording for like over an hour but I'm gonna go with it anyway um if you were to start again what would you focus on if I were to start again what would I focus on if I were to start my businesses again what would I focus on um, I would focus on being a better business owner earlier on. So what I mean by that is <coughs> the first few years of business ownership, because wherever you are on your business journey, <coughs> oh, excuse me, the COVID cough is coming now. For those of, for anyone, regardless of where you're at, like think back to when you got qualified, no one teaches you shit about business. And for the first few years of business, let me paint a picture. We had a Nike shoe box where I put my receipts in. That was my bookkeeping system. <laughs> and I had a dollar book with donuts on it where I would write down important things like invoices or owing money or anything like that. If I were to do it again, I would get better systems early on. And that is clearly why I do the work that I do is setting people on a path of creating safety within their business from foundations, from financial systems to bookkeeping, to tracking attendance, to tracking clients, to tracking weekly money, to tracking forecasting. Like I would do that earlier on better with clarity because that impacted the safety that I felt within my business and how I felt as a business owner. I felt like I didn't fucking know what I was doing because I didn't. And that played into how I felt as a coach and how I felt within the industry. Like, you know, I didn't have confidence and I would question myself as my coaching abilities and like getting clients results and like growing my business and getting leads and all that kind of stuff. And by not having safety within my financial systems and my systems as a whole, like it all just fucking fit in and it cascaded and created just this big mishmash of me feeling like a, like a shit show. 
And that's why I love systems so much, not because of necessarily the data that we get, which is one big thing, because when we get good data, we can make good fucking decisions, but it's also because of the safety and trust that it creates within your business and the safety and trust that you create as a business owner for yourself. So that's what I'd fucking change is I would start again by getting systems and shit in place. And like I was speaking to a girl on the DMs who dropped into my DMs, um, being interested about my new program, the collective. And she was just like, we're just talking. I'm like, where are you at in business? Right. And she's like new in business. And I was like, fucking, Hey, like this is when you need this shit. And I know there is this notion that it's like, and I put a post up about it the other day on Instagram. It's like, be a good coach and your business will grow. And that's all you need. I'm like, I don't fucking agree with that. Like, yes, being a good coach and getting people good results and all those kind of things is so important. And that will grow your business from word of mouth, from people seeing you on the gym floor to the content that you put out, all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't create capable business owners. Business skills are a skill like coaching mastery. And when you have business skills that can infiltrate in how you feel as a person, as a business owner, which can then, you know, influence how you feel as a coach yourself. And I just think that there is so much need for mentoring business courses, all these kind of things early on and investing money into that. And I just, I'm, I really hope that this girl comes into this program because I've got another client that I'm working with right now that is early, like first year, first year, year and a half, right? And she is going to do better than fucking business owners that I know that don't invest in their their business acumen because she's creating safety around her money, safety around her reporting system, safety around those things. And guess what? She's becoming more confident as a coach. She's showing up online. She's articulating her thoughts. She's creating resources. She's sharing her her opinions, which is making her a good fucking coach. And that's why systems, foundations, all that kind of stuff I get so jazzed up about and excited about because it's not just foundations in a business. It's trust. It's safety. It's love and all of those awesome things that you can create within yourself as a coach and business owner. So that's what I would do again when I start, if I were to start again. Um, yeah. And that's where I'm going to leave it. So, ah, I, that was a really interesting episode. (laughs) Um, thank you for moving through some, some weird things in that episode with me. Um, and I would love to hear your feedback on this one. But there's a hundred episode. And I was like building this episode up in my head so much. Like when I was sick, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, it has to be amazing. And I was like, no, it fucking doesn't. Like you show up as hot mess magic every fucking day. So do the same thing and just make it episode number 100. <laughs> and that's what we did. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, and I'll speak with you soon. Now, while I'm here and while tidy up this episode, I want to talk to you about the collective program. And I'm going to spend a couple of minutes speaking about this because this shit is like my life work (laughs) and it's created a program that is literally going to fucking change so much for business ownership for you guys that come into this program. So as I was, you know, in this episode, 
I was talking about how like the last six months I've been really moving through what do I want to do and all this kind of stuff. And like, I got here and this is this program. So the collective is a 12 month experience where you literally come into my world and we settle in together for 12 fucking months. And the reason I've made this program so long is because I am seeing such a need for coaches and business owners to come and sit and settle and have a space that holds for them everything that business entails for a long period of time. Through the highs, through the lows, through the high growth season, through the fucking sticky season, through lead generation that's popping off at the start of the year to quieter patches in winter, to all of that kind of stuff, and have the resources to be able to make decisions and learn things to move through, but also have the ability to bounce off with me and other coaches within that space that are living and breathing the same shit that you are. And that is why I've created this program. And oh, it's just like, like I said, it's my life fucking work in so many ways. I It's a combination of pre-recorded resources that will sit in a membership site that's completely redone. It is then Voxer back and forward. So when real-time shit comes up, and it's also two live calls a month. Uh, where we get to talk about a topic that's really pivotal for you in business right now, but also then be able to sit and have some actual coaching through Q&As like this, as I do on a podcast with you for something that might be present in your business. And there is so much fucking resources and there is so much available in this program and what I'm doing with it and how I'm bundling it up and the price and the investment that I'm charging you guys is fucking ridiculous. Like literally there's $60,000 worth of fucking value in this program for 12 months and it's 15K for 12 months. Like it is just crazy shit, honestly. And I hand on my heart know that. Um, and I know that because of the energy that I've put behind this program and where I want to spend my time and energy this year, like these guys are going to get the juice. So this is the program. We start the first week of July. So as I'm recording this, it's the 1st of June. So we start in literally five, four or five weeks. Um, and I'm I'm keen as shit to, for everyone to explore business together and, you know, for me to create things that you guys need and to bounce off and go on tangents because not only am I going to be facilitating with you, but I'm also going to be taking you behind the scenes well and truly for 12 months as I move from a six-figure business to a seven-figure business. And that scares me and excites me and all those kind of things. I've got work to do. I've got revenue to build, but I know I'll do it. And I'm going to show you guys how I'm going to do it too. And it's like, you know, when you hear things like that, like I, my first year in business was like $42,000 of income. That's what I made by managing shit in a shoebox. And now it's multi, multi six figures and I'm ready to fucking just stretch my shit and show you guys what is possible. So that is what the collective is all about. Um, all of the details are loaded up on the website, womaninstrength.com.au and I will put the link in the show notes. Um, but, you know, let's book a call. Let's go ahead and have a chat and let's have some fucking fun over the next 12 months. All right, team. Bye. Bye.